research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, this is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hello and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose and investigate cronyism and corruption in the federal government in Washington, D.C. Normally the first voice you hear on this program is Peter Schweitzer's, but Peter is gone. Now he's coming back, I promise. There's much too much government corruption to investigate, but it's the summertime and while he might not be a Northeastern elite, Peter Schweitzer is an accomplished author in his own right. And so while the Northeastern elites may go to Martha's Vineyard or the Hampton Peter Schweitzer is getting some well-earned and deserved R&R, but he will be back soon. In the meantime, because of the number of breaking news stories that continue to unfurl as it relates to one of the main topics of our investigations, Hunter Biden specifically, uh, we have a lot to talk about today. And so to join us is Seamus Bruner. He's the research director at the Government Accountability Institute. He's chronicled many problems, both with the Biden family and the Department of Justice. And that's important because what we're here to talk about today is the way that the Biden scandal has evolved into a Department of Justice scandal. And Seamus Bruner is perhaps as well-equipped as anyone in the country to talk about it. Seamus, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. It's always good to be here. That's right. Now, we have many new things to get to. We've had news from the House Oversight Committee. Chair James Comer has pledged uh, breaking news to come, big revelations. They've got two more bank accounts that they've looked at. They're going to be interviewing witnesses, including Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business partner. He'll be testifying to the committee, I think, in the coming weeks. Um, But we, I think, have to start with some new things that have happened in the last week. We have new whistleblower revelations. We had a whistleblower go missing. And then we had that missing whistleblower be charged by the same Biden Department of Justice that we think continues to offer two different forms of justice, those to the people on the inside and those to the outside. Uh, What do you make of these new charges that uh, one of this first, like this missing whistleblower is facing? Yeah, Schweitzer is not the uh, only guy on the run. This guy, Gal Luft, <laughs> he is hiding out. And uh, last night, the charges were formally announced. It's a combination of an, acting as an unregistered foreign agent, uh, working with a Chinese energy company. Uh, <laughs> sounds like charges that Hunter Biden ought to be facing. And we should point out that the, the Chinese energy company that the gal left, this guy who's facing charges by the Biden Department of Justice, is the same Chinese energy company that Hunter Biden has done business with and allegedly sent this WhatsApp message to an executive with, or at least an employee with. And we're going to talk more about that later on in the program. But so we've got this guy, Gal Luft, and he's missing. He's been charged. And I think that that's notable because, as you noted, like, He's he's kind of been accused of doing literally the same thing that Hunter Biden's been accused of doing, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so the the question now is, is Gal Luft making these accusations against Hunter Biden because he's trying to muddy the waters and, you know, he knew that his charges were coming. So he thought, well, if I start making accusations against Hunter Biden, maybe this will look like a political persecution. But what we're doing right now is following up on all of these claims that he's making. And they're pretty serious claims and we'll get into them. But uh, we're following up on them, and we're independently verifying them from third-party sources. And so far, we found that uh, 
you know, the claims are not all that extreme based on what we've previously reported. We should also point out that unlike Hunter Biden, who had no international business track record to speak of, Gal Luft actually is somebody who has done things. So let's talk about who Gal Luft is. This is a guy who has written op-eds in the New York Times. He's been quoted by Tom Friedman in his columns before. Um, so this is not some kind of fly-by-night dude. This is a, a person of standing, of note. He's been a high-level intelligence asset, and um, and he's a whistleblower in what regard? Well, he so he claims, Luft claims, that in 2019, March 2019, he met with the Department of Justice and FBI in Brussels – and that he told the FBI and DOJ officials that he met with that Hunter Biden, CEFC, the Chinese energy company, um, are up to no good. And he has not, you know, he had not heard back from them. So he thought, you know, maybe something would come of this. The following month, Joe Biden announces his candidacy for president, and he never heard back. They never followed up with him until. He was arrested in Cyprus, which is why he's missing. <laughs> so he so he gets out on he gets out. He's not missing. He's uh, he's in hiding. So he's he's not he hasn't been Arkansas or or uh, Wilmington sided yet. <laughs> but he is uh, on the run. No one knows where because he skipped bail after being arrested in Cyprus uh, on charges uh, that sound like the charges Hunter Biden should be facing: well, foreign agent. Uh, you know, dealing with the Chinese energy company, um, CEFC, who had this guy, Patrick Ho, who was an arms dealer. They say Luft is involved in some form of arms trafficking. He denies all the charges, says it's politically motivated. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's making some pretty big claims and he's, he's naming names. And he's put out a video in which he, I think, alleges some of the things that you just alluded to. The fact that he was detained in Cyprus is interesting and notable in its own regard. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I think that the, because there's so many different businesses and there's so many different sort of um, avenues or uh, angles to this web that Hunter Biden and his relatives have constructed and concocted to make money off of the Biden family name, the fact that Gal Luft put out a feeler or warning about CEFC specifically, I think, is insightful. This is this Chinese energy company because remember that one of the revelations from the House Oversight Committee recently or actually one of the revelations – that the IRS whistleblower kind of came forward with is this WhatsApp message, which was given to an employee of CEFC. So this is two different whistleblowers, one saying, hey, here's a, here's a message that Hunter Biden's allegedly delivering with his father right next to him to somebody connected to this business. You've got another whistleblower now saying, hey, there's some potentially problematic behavior between the Bidens and this Chinese energy company. I mean, that's among the things that the House Oversight Committee should be paying attention to, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this guy Luft is is sort of like another Tony Bobulinski. I mean, Tony Bobulinski had more meetings with the Bidens. When you have to tell people who Tony Bobulinski is, just because, yeah. again, like the names, like you know them incredibly well. People like driving down the road, listening to podcasts, in between kids screaming at him in the back seat. My, who Bobulinski? Who? Yeah, Tony Bobulinski is probably the first major Biden whistleblower. The guy who was in business with the Bidens. Um, he was involved in the CEFC China Energy dealings. He met with Joe Biden, he claims. He talked repeatedly with Hunter Biden. He provided us with his text messages. So we've we've got these various whistleblowers plus the Hunter Biden laptop plus government documents that allow us to put together this picture. Um, Tony Bobulinski provided a good chunk of the picture with his messages. That's where you get, um, you know, the 10% to the big guy. Uh, and so this Luft, this Luft character is just another person who knows how the Biden business operated. He we can confirm independently was in business with Biden associates and the Chinese uh, energy company guys. 
And when he went to the FBI to tell them that this looks corrupt, they arrested him. So he was arrested in Cyprus. And by the way, we have other news that we want to point out about the big guy, which is another revelation from these whistleblowers. And it's interesting because and just when we talk about like revelations and breaking news, it was reported last week that one of the breaking news things from the Hunter Biden laptop was this picture of him driving 170 miles an hour in a Porsche. It's news because someone's reporting on the fact that it exists in the laptop, but that picture has existed on the laptop for a long time. And I think it's important to think about the whistleblower testimony in the same context. There's 212 pages of just one whistleblower, which is just filled with nuggets. And, and many of these have not been reported on. That's one of the things we're going to talk about on this podcast. But the fact that this other whistleblower, Gal Luft, was detained in Cyprus. Seamus, why is the country of Cyprus relevant here? Yeah, so Cyprus is uh, a money laundering hotspot. It's actually we're pretty we're we're certain actually that some of the funds from Burisma flowed through Cyprus. It's this place where the Russian and Ukrainian oligarchs like to bank because its banks are much safer than uh, Russian or Ukrainian banks. So it's kind of like an oligarch. That's a low hideout. bar these days. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an oligarch hideout, and it's also a place where. Joe Biden has been friends with the leadership of Cyprus for a long time. So we we wonder, might this have been a, a you know form of jurisdiction shopping? You know, when Gail Left goes to Cyprus, you bust him there because they can be leaned on by the United States. And when you say Joe Biden is friends with the Cyprus president, uh, that's true. Like he visited him in the hospital in New York when the Cyprus president, then Cyprus president, was there for medical treatment and Joe Biden was vice president and he's hosted him for a dinner reception uh, at the UN General Assembly. So uh, Joe Biden does have a personal relationship with the people in, in Cyprus. And this is a part of a continuing pattern of Joe Biden having relationships with key leaders in countries that Hunter Biden is either doing business in or people that are trying to rat out Hunter Biden are traveling through. Right, right. It's like the Delaware of the Mediterranean. <laughs> and so this is why it becomes a problem. This is why we say the Biden scandal sort of evolved into a justice scandal because you can no longer trust that lady justice is blind and being an equal and just arbiter of fairness, because we now have mounting evidence to suggest that justice is increasingly one-sided. It was reported this morning, in fact, that we now know that FBI agents uh, shut down investigations into Chinese-related activity connected to House member Eric Swalwell and Dianne Feinstein. You know, we know about the Eric Swalwell and the Fang Fang issue. Dianne Feinstein had a staff member connected to people known to be Chinese espionage assets. And um, active investigations were opened. And then after a certain amount of intelligence was collected, they actually investigations were shut down. It was reported today. And instead, they gave what's known as defensive briefings to Eric Swalwell and Diane Feinstein, essentially ending the investigations and kind of giving them a heads up. Now, Diane Feinstein, Eric Swalwell, both members of the intelligence committees and in their various uh, entities of Congress. So they have some power of the purse. They have some influence over DOJ. that has been suggested that might be one of the relevant details. But the other aspect that's relevant is the FBI did exactly the opposite with Donald Trump when it came to Operation Crossfire Hurricane. Yeah, that's I mean, that's exactly right. The uh, the FBI and DOJ, we've seen now time and again in every week, it seems there's some new scandal engulfing them. Now, they, they come so fast that you forget you forget about them. But I mean, just going back to the 2016 operation, they were trying to create connections. <laughs> 
<laughs> between Donald Trump and Russia. Not only were they like not- with an erector set. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, what this shows is that just like in 2016, they put their fingers, they FBI, DOJ, put their fingers on the scales, uh, tried to help a candidate. Now with, with Luff's allegations, and now Miranda Devine is the one who got the exclusive video. She's been posting documents corroborating some of Luff's claims. For example, the one the thing I was very curious about was did this March 2019 meeting happen in in Brussels between the uh, Luft whistleblower and the FBI officials, which is Luft's main allegation that he briefed the FBI about the Biden activity and the nefarious nature of it with CEFC. Right, and one of the guys is uh, Daniel Richtenthal, Richtenthal, who is with the DOJ, and he's allegedly at this Brussels meeting. Now that guy had worked on the Patrick Ho indictment, which Patrick Ho is of CEFC. So that was in 2018. And when Patrick Ho's indicted, his first call is to Jim Biden looking for looking Hunter. Looking for Hunter, right. Yeah, Patrick Ho had paid Hunter Biden a million dollars to help him get out of these uh, charges of bribery. And- Hunter Biden is a lawyer, not a criminal attorney necessarily, but he, but Patrick Ho thought that Hunter Biden's <laughs> criminal defense, you know, is a better call Saul situation. He needed uh, a criminal for Hunter. attorney. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so Ho, Ho calls, Patrick Ho calls Jim Biden looking for Hunter. He pays Hunter Biden a million dollars. And the guy who's prosecuting him is this Rickenthal guy. Well, that's, that's in 2018. The next year, March, only actually several months later, uh, Luft is in Brussels, March 2019, telling Rickenthal about CEFC, about how they're paying Hunter Biden. Uh, Rickenthal should be the t- kind of guy who knows, oh, yeah. This is who Hunter calls the spy chief of China. Uh, maybe we should look into these claims. Not only do they apparently not look into those claims, Joe Biden announces for president the next month. If he had been Donald Trump and they were doing it like 2016, either they would have, I mean, they would have selectively leaked and said, no, look, this guy can't be president because he's got these shady ties to an adversary of the United States. They don't do that at all. In fact, they apparently cover up and I mean, it's been now years and we only get tax, uh, you know, tax charges against Hunter Biden, not foreign agent, not dealing with the Chinese Communist Party, taking some thirty one million dollars. Right. And part of the reason for that is because it's not just FBI agents in Brussels that chose not to pursue information or actionable intelligence against Hunter Biden. We now know from the IRS whistleblower, and this is, again, on page 18 of 212 pages worth of his testimony. But the IRS whistleblower talks about how on December 3rd, 2020, so this is after the election uh, of Joe Biden. So this is we're now talking about President-elect Joe Biden. Uh, they have a 12-hour meeting with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. And the uh, U.S. Attorney congratulates the team for keeping the investigation into Hunter Biden and his taxes a, quote, secret. Now, this AUSA is in and out of, or the United States Attorney is in and out of the meeting, but they said that they outlined their plan to want to investigate Hunter Biden's associate, Rob Walker. So Rob Walker is a guy that has worked closely with Hunter Biden. He's been, you know, I think his wife has actually worked with Jill Biden before. And so there's, so this is a guy that's integrally involved in both the Biden personal and professional enterprises. And so it says among the things we wanted to question Walker about in an email was his email that says 10 held by H for the big guy. 
he says we had questions like who was H, who was the big guy, and what's this percentage? So they, they want to investigate, are we holding 10% for Joe Biden? And this is the key. But the assistant U.S. attorney interjected and said she did not want to ask about the big guy and said that she did not, ask, did not want to ask questions about, quote, dad. When multiple people in the room spoke up and objected that we had to ask, she responded, there's no specific criminality to that line of questioning. So um, he goes on to detail the fact that they would eventually meet with only Rob Walker. Secret Service prevented them from being able to interview Hunter Biden because the FBI essentially tipped off the Secret Service that they were going to come by the house to talk to Hunter Biden and the Secret Service. And then Hunter Biden says, well, you can talk to my lawyer, ending the FBI's plan to investigate uh, Hunter Biden. But they were able to eventually talk to Rob Walker. And in that investigation, Rob Walker confirmed for them that they did, in fact, meet with CEFC officials out of Four Seasons and the fact that uh, the big guy was Joe Biden. And yet nothing else was pursued after that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's comical. You know, you got to laugh or else you cry because it's just so plainly corrupt. Um, <laughs> in 2016, you had, you know, a couple, you know, you had these names, James Comey, McCabe, uh Rosenstein, etc. I mean, I'm looking at 15 new FBI and DOJ officials who are also covering it up, you know, and like saying, no, 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 don't ask any questions about the big guy. Don't ask questions about who H is dad, you know, who's dad. We don't know. Why, why do we need to know that? There's nothing criminal there. Yeah, there's nothing criminal there. Only the selling out of the country and potential massive bribery charges. And listen to what else they got from, again, Hunter Biden business associate. God, it's like basically part of the Biden family. Rob Walker says, yeah, we were at the Four Seasons and we we're having lunch and Joe Biden stopped in and just said hello to everybody. I don't even think he drank water. I think Hunter Biden said, I'm Maybe trying to start a company or try to do something with these guys. And could you? And he was like, yeah, if I'm around, I'll show up. So the FBI agent then, because he's doing his job, asked this follow-up. So you definitely got the feeling that what, that, that was orchestrated by Hunter Biden to have an appearance by his dad at that meeting to just kind of bolster your chances to making a deal work out. Rob Walker says, sure. And he says, and at any times when he was in office or did you hear Hunter Biden say that he was setting up a meeting with his dad, with them while dad was still in office? Rob Walker says, yes. So they get confirmation from Hunter Biden's business associate that Hunter Biden is setting up meetings with his business partners, with his vice president dad, while his dad is still vice president. Uh, and this is all information that comes out after Joe Biden has now been elected to president. Therefore, the FBI chooses not to follow it up. Yeah. His business partners, his Chinese Communist Party <laughs> business partners who are tied to the highest levels of military intelligence. I mean, CEFC, you've got Yi Jianming, you've got Patrick Ho. This is not just uh, some random Chinese businessmen. They're tied to Chinese intelligence. And what that what that really means is is Joe Biden, the whole Biden family are completely compromised by China. That's the first point. But and like you've said this this you know the new revelations bring this so much bigger than just a biden family scandal we've known you know it seems like week after week we talk about the 31 million from the highest levels of chinese intelligence we have the money we have the uh bad guys who are giving the money we have the meetings joe has always said oh i never met with we never you know never talked to whatever we have more examples than we can count of that being a huge lie and so we've got smoking guns on the Biden family taking money from America's enemies. Uh, at this point, you have to wonder why has nothing been done? And that is why it's now a DOJ and FBI scandal is because not only are they looking the other way, they're actively covering it up and they're misdirecting and they're selectively leaking to 
hurt the people who are making allegations against the Bidens. They're hunting down FBI whistleblowers. I mean, Tony Bobolinsky, you know, he's worried, you know, and as any Biden whistleblower ought to be worried because, you know, Gail Luft is in hiding. and After uh, being arrested yeah, and detained being, in a foreign country. Right. I mean, he's facing, I think he said, 100 years in prison. So These IRS whistleblowers claim they've been retaliated against by the IRS. The, yes, exactly. So you look at anybody who's gone to the FBI and the DOJ trying to get some justice or even a fair investigation, and they're targeted, they're threatened. Um, that's why this is no longer just a Biden scandal. It's a Justice Department scandal. And until there's some accountability at the Justice Department, people wonder why haven't the Bidens been, why hasn't Hunter been locked up? It's because the FBI and DOJ are working to protect him. And oh, by the way, that's one of the reasons why the House Republican Oversight Committee is now targeting, I think, specifically the DOJ and the FBI, because I think that their investigation into Hunter Biden has now broadened into an investigation into the Department of Justice. I think they understand as well as anyone that it is no longer just a Biden scandal. It is a Department of Justice scandal. You know, I was in Ohio recently and um, somebody asked me, they said, so who's really running the country, right? Because it's probably not Joe Biden. So, so who is running the country? And I, my answer, and I don't know what your answer is, but, but I sort of said, well, maybe it's all the activist attorneys that uh, the Obama administration put into the Justice Department and put into the other branches of government, right? I think Eric Holder on down, they started to leverage and weaponize the IRS, they started to leverage and weaponize DOJ. And this is what we're seeing as a result of that. This is why you have IRS whistleblowers coming forward. It's why you have FBI whistleblowers coming forward. It's why you have people being detained in foreign countries. And so I think that's actually where the House Oversight Committee becomes so incredibly important because they now not need to investigate not only what the Bidens have been up to and they are doing that. They're obtaining new bank accounts. They're obtaining potentially phone records off this phone that's connected to Joe Biden. They're interviewing, I think, scorned former business associates of Hunter Biden, like Devin, Com- uh, Devin Archer and like some other people. And so once you kind of get there, then it becomes, okay, well, if all this information was available, how come nobody did anything about it? How come you didn't even talk to some of these guys? How come you're tipping off the Secret Service uh, and not actually interviewing Hunter Biden? By the way, that's one of Hunter Biden's favorite moves. When he left a rental car filled with drugs and other paraphernalia, uh, he went into hiding at a rehab facility, and the local law enforcement officials tried to contact him, but they were stopped once again by the Secret Services back in 2016. <laughs> 2016. So, I mean, so this is kind so of his, his business model. But yeah, so I think, so I think that's one of the reasons why I still have hope, uh, because I think that the House Oversight Committee is actually doing the work that the Department of Justice has shown relative no inclination to do. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's becoming increasingly clear that Jim Jordan's weaponization committee, which is, you know, heretofore focused on, uh, you know, school board meetings and the DOJ targeting parents as domestic terrorists. I think, you know, they should be all, you know, all full court press on this FBI DOJ cover up of the Biden crime family. And uh, there's there's really two things that we need to see right now, um, because it appears ahead of 2024 that the FBI and DOJ would like to influence yet another election, the 2024 election, by protecting uh, both Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And so we have not seen like it's kind of interesting how they use these investigations and, and Hunter Biden uses the potential of investigations, you know, they say can't speak on matters that are under investigation. So Hunter Biden just pled guilty to these tax charges, right? And 
But it hasn't closed out the investigation. But it hasn't closed out the investigation. Why not? So well, that allows the DOJ to say, oh, wait, well, we can't answer any questions about that because uh, it's an ongoing matter. Yet Hunter Biden is able to go out and say, oh, case closed. Everybody move along. I pled guilty. You know, you've gotten your pound of flesh, even though he's not going to jail uh, or anything like that. Which and is so why they, 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 they want their cake and they want to eat it, too. So um, that we need to see the plea agreement because that would tell us, you know, if Hunter Biden has pled guilty, you can't just have a, a blanket immunity, is, is, which is what he's claiming. Everything is uh, case closed. You know, you can't look at me for foreign agent or anything else. Um, in that plea agreement, it's going to tell what specifically he traded, you know, a plea of guilt for, uh, you know, where, where does the investigation end? Is it truly over or not? And where are they looking further? Um, the other thing is David Weiss, the U.S. attorney from Delaware who has been more or less slow walking this investigation for years. Uh, he says he has absolute authority to investigate various uh, crimes. And, that, and he's saying that the, he's the one who is saying that this investigation into Hunter Biden is ongoing. Where does he get this authority? There should be a memo from the DOJ, from Merrick Garland, saying you have the right to go look into, I don't know, uh, California tax crimes, or you have the right to look into the other stuff that Hunter Biden has been accused of. That will tell us how involved Merrick Garland is in all of this. Well, no, by the way, Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Ray are scheduled to speak to the House Oversight Committee uh, in the coming weeks and days. And so I think, you know, that's the next phase of this. That's how this transitions from a Biden investigation to a justice investigation. And sadly, as we wrap up, I think the main takeaway from all this is is both are worthy of investigation. There's uh, multiple angles, multiple, I think, uh, aspects, lots of evidence of wrongdoing across the board. And uh, we are grateful for the work that the House Oversight Committee continues to do. We're also very grateful for you to continue to check out this podcast. The numbers continue to climb. The reviews continue to come in in a very favorable way. We very much appreciate it. Uh, this is this matters, right? And I know people get frustrated and think, okay, well, here's more evidence of wrongdoing. But what's happening, I think the, the fact that we now have people coming forward and you have people with subpoena authority like the House Oversight Committee that can do things with it, um, this is a very real story. And it's maybe the most important story happening in the federal government at this time. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to be on the cutting edge of it all along. People like Seamus, people like Peter Schweitzer. And so we're going to continue to cover this and follow it because uh, it's too important not to. So Seamus Bruner, excellent job as always. I know you'll be back in the mill, continue to sort and sift through all these details. Uh, I'm Eric Eggers, and we thank you for continuing to join us at thedrilldown.com, where you can find this and other podcasts. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back with more breaking news next week.